0: Thank you very much, Jeanette. That's all right, right? Good morning, everybody. Well, thank you, Lord. Absolutely, love the Lord. What a privilege. What an absolute privilege to be joined together as members of the body of Christ and as members of the Ignite Life Gold Coast congregation. What a privilege it is to Come together to praise them, to be united as we take communion in remembrance of everything that Jesus did for us, to share in the Word, and then of course to, to, be, to get to be together, try together during our community times. I, I just, I count it as an absolute privilege. I don't know about you but life could have been so different for me In fact, life could have been no more for me. But here I am, here I am, enjoying the incredible, indescribable privilege of being with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's pretty hard to beat it, I reckon. (coughs) It's pretty hard to beat it. And yes, the children have gone off for um, for Kids Church. And I know Jeanette's got some fun things organized today. And uh, by the way, there is a whole curriculum behind it. It's all based on the Word of God. So our children are learning about God's truth. Just a couple of uh, things. Next week, of course, we'll have our normal uh, Saturday brekkie connect. at 8 o'clock. But at 9.30, straight after that, we have one of our craft mornings. So that's at 9.30 next Saturday, the 2nd of the week by the 9th of November. Yes, it's 2 plus 7. Well, that doesn't really matter, but in my little mind, I was adding 7 to (laughs) 2. Anyway, next Saturday, 9.30. So bring your gear down. We'll set up the tables. I know people sew and do other craft work down here. And it's a great outreach into the community as well. We have had some people from the community drop in from time to time, which is a great thing because... We don't want to just fellowship one with another. We want to fellowship with those who are not yet in the kingdom of God as well. Just a reminder too on on the bottles. We've actually done really, really well up until now. We're um, a little bit ahead actually in paying the teacher's wage at the school uh, just outside Kampala, Uganda. But uh, just keep bringing the bottles in. And um, there might be a little, you might slow down a little bit before Christmas. After Christmas there should be lots and lots. Everybody will be drinking lemonade over Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Ginger. Ginger beer. Yeah, live it up, eh? <laughs> live it up. Ginger beer. So, yeah, so just keep that in mind if you don't mind. And uh, tomorrow morning, of course, at 8 o'clock, prayer down here at the Nightlife Life Community Hub. If you're not able to be here, can I just encourage you to set aside some time to pray for the church? Churches that pray are churches that grow. Not just grow in terms of numbers, but growing in influence as well. Well, folks, I've just about run out of time. <laughs> I haven't even started, but it's actually okay. It's actually—I I feel very relaxed about this. If I don't finish what I have prepared, that's quite okay. I want to give God room to move, and I, I believe that there was business that God wanted to do this morning. So. I have absolutely no, no issue with maybe having to cut what I'm saying a little bit short or continue it next week. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jeanette and Napoleon and I were able to go to the Prayer Warriors breakfast down at the CityLink Resource Centre, way down there in Carrara. And there was probably 30 or so um, prayers and intercessors from all over the Gold Coast There, 20 different churches were represented. And uh, we enjoyed some wonderful fellowship together over a pretty decent sort of breakfast, I might add. They even had apple crumble for breakfast. (laughs) I know. An apple crumble is just about my favourite dessert. I had two plates. Because they said we could go back for more. (laughs) So I did. I went back for more. We sometimes have donuts, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I had a choice between donuts and apple crumble, apple crumble would win every time. <laughs> hey, who likes donuts here? Yep. Uh, sure. I like well, here. well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're talking about revamping connect Group, so we might do a donut connect group next year. How about that? <laughs> that could work. <laughs> Liam, what do you reckon? Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, we could do that. But uh, Napoleon had a, a prophetic word for the group. Uh, Jeanette actually interpreted someone who stood up and spoke in tongues. I missed that bit because I went to the toilet. I went the wrong time. But um, there was a, a prophetic word brought in tongues and Jeanette had the interpretation. You know, it's really what? When that happens, you think, oh, wow, you know, this, this God stuff, it's real. Because <laughs> people couldn't make it up, you know. People just couldn't make it up, the spontaneity of it all. You just know that God is there uh, in our midst. And I think the big message that came out of that was that God not only is about to do something, but He is doing stuff at the Gold Coast. And I tell you this, there are Bible-believing, truth-teaching churches, little congregations, they're growing everywhere on the Gold Coast. Absolutely everywhere. And I was saying this morning when we were praying, you know what, most of us could walk to three or four other churches during the time we have worship here on a Sunday morning. That's how close they are, that's how many they are. And uh, I don't feel threatened by that. I think it's a wonderful thing because, I tell you what, the people who are coming into the church, they're going to need somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. And I felt so encouraged by yesterday, that day. God is at work, you know, where people are willing to be open to what the Spirit is saying, the Bible-believing, truth-teaching church is growing. And listen, don't think that that excludes, you know, Anglicans and Catholics and all that sort of thing. Because there are plenty of them who believe in the Word of God and who live their lives according to the Word of God, who live their lives according to the truth of God. So don't be deceived by the fact that they've got a liturgy That doesn't mean they're religious, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, when anybody, regardless of their denominational background, opens themselves up to the Holy Spirit, things happen. And look, there's an Anglican, there'll be a new Anglican congregation established uh, in the Ormo area within the next couple of years. Uh, The people who are running the op shop, you know, the little op shop that started up at the Caltech service station, they're part of that group. So they're beginning to build networks in our area. That's a fabulous thing. Uh, I've met a number of pastors who have uh, planted churches even since we've planted here. So God's working. And that's what I found yesterday. So encouraging, you know, to know that it's not just us here. And uh, God is absolutely moving. What well, people have prayed for so long. Your kingdom Come. Well, his kingdom is coming through his ambassadors who make up the body of Christ. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. After that, we went to the Lego exhibition, which was pretty good. I did a Facebook post, if you want to have a look at some of the photos I put. Unfortunately, I don't have time to uh, play a lot with Lego, but I'll tell you what I would if I did. It's it's fabulous, and there are some really wonderful models there. So we did that. Had a pretty pretty big day actually, um, but that um, uh, prayer warriors was great, and they meet three or four times each year. And I'll let you know when the next meeting is. We've got a list of those for twenty twenty, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Revelation chapter seven today. So, um, this is our 11th in the series, and we're only up to chapter 7. So we did chapter 8, the first few verses of chapter 8 last week. Uh, this is one of those chapters that has created a lot of discussion over many, many years, because this is when we see a reference to the 144,000. I want to talk a little bit about the 144,000 today, because as you're probably aware, there are some. Denomination or some groups of people who really do believe that that 144,000 is a literal number, that, that somehow out of the mm, 25 billion or so people who have ever, at any time lived on earth, there's only 144,000 who are destined to go to heaven. It makes it a pretty exclusive club, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, I don't actually believe that it is a literal number of people. If I did, I'd probably be doing what those who believe it's a literal number would do as well, and try and earn enough brownie points to actually get through the pearly gates. But of course, we do understand, of course, that Jesus, he's the one who got all the brownie points, and he lets us use them to get through the pearly gates, so to speak. Well, let me first read... Revelation, chapter 7. Then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds so that they did not blow on the earth or the sea or even on any tree. And I saw another angel coming up from the east, carrying the seal of the living God. And he shouted to those four angels who had been given power to harm land and sea. Wait! Don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. And I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. From Judah, 12,000. From Reuben, 12,000. From Gad, 12,000 from Asher, 12,000, from Naphtali, 12,000, from Manasseh, 12,000, from Simeon, 12,000, from Levi, 12,000, from Issachar, 12,000, from Zebulun, 12,000, from Joseph, 12,000, from Benjamin, 12,000. And then I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language Standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes. Just a page. And held our uh, palm branches in the air, uh, sorry, in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels who were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. And they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshipped God. They sang, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you're the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. Actually, you can also translate the Greek, who came out of the great tribulation, and that might be important (coughs) for a future discussion point. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them, uh, made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne who gives them shelter will give them shelter, and they will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun, for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd he will hear them sorry he will lead them to springs of life-giving water and god will wipe away every tear from their eyes a picture of heaven and a reflection of some of the prophetic writings in the book of ezekiel some commentators say that this was an interlude between the 6th and the 7th Trumpet! Remember that seventh trumpet was uh, to, to bring about a, a cosmic disturbance. Some say this is God preparing to take up all those who have become followers of Jesus Christ. Others would say, well, that the seven the seven seals they were unsealed one by one, and this is a a kind of um, a little side route, you know, a little, a little detour from, from the narrative because it takes the focus away from the earth to heaven to the temple that is in heaven. There's been much, as I've already mentioned, written about the 144,000. I want to focus on the 144,000 today. Um, but before I do, just a couple of words about the the New Jerusalem, which is uh, a symbol of, of heaven. It's uh, described in Revelation 21, verses 9 to 27, and we'll have more to say about it in a few weeks. It was huge, huge, 12,000 stadia cubed. 12,000 stadia long, high and wide. Uh, 12,000 stadia is approximately 2,250 kilometres. That's big. It had a wall, 144 cubits thick, around about 65 metres. A wall of jasper. Some translations talk about jewels. The 12,000, which is used to describe... The dimensions of the city kind of hark back to the 12 tribes. And the 144 cubits harks back to the 144,000. Numbers are often used in uh, Hebrew writing to convey uh, images. And one of the images which is is conveyed through the 12 tribes and the 144,000 through the dimensions of the New Jerusalem is perfection or completion. So, if we go to uh, to the tribes, let's bear in mind that in all likelihood, when you look at the whole of the Bible, it's very, very unlikely that God is only going to have 144,000 people in heaven. Alright? So, I think we can dismiss that. Overall, remembering that the Hebrews didn't have the same kind of scientific understanding of the world that we have now. The way the numbers work, it is indicative of perfection and completion because we're talking about the end times. And by then, everybody who is coming to Christ will have come to Christ. In that sense, the body of Christ is perfected. The body of Christ is completed. So you don't have to compete with me to be one of those few who get into heaven, alright? All you have to do is give your heart to Jesus Christ and you can be pretty certain that you will be there. Now before I, I go on, I'll just show you a table, if I can get it to go. Yep. Um, I can't read the table at the back there. I hope the fonts. Can you read it? Just? Yep. yep those of you who've got good eyes... Just before we go on, um, as a a bit of an aside, there's been a lot of writing about the fact that the tribe of Dan isn't there. The tribe of Dan's not listed there. And lots and lots of people have gone to great lengths to try to explain why the tribe of Dan isn't there. For some reason... What was it, just bad luck? Typo. A a typo. (laughs) But it's a funny thing. I've done a lot of reading about why Dan isn't there. The tribe of Ephraim isn't there either. And people haven't used as much ink to explain that. Now, to cut a very long story short, I've done a lot of reading on this, let me tell you. And I've tried to work it all out. The best explanation that I can come up with is this, and I think it'll all fit in a few minutes. See, both tribes, the tribe of Dan and the tribe of Ephraim, were the principal tribes involved in idolatry. They were the principal tribes involved in idolatry through the history of Israel. The tribe of Dan is never mentioned at all in the New Testament. Now, one other thing just worth mentioning is the fact that there are almost 20 lists of the 12 tribes in the Old Testament and no two of them are the same, right? So someone's missing from every single list. And then sometimes half-tribes are included, as is the case here. Uh, not a half-tribe. Oh, uh, they are, sorry, as is the case here. So as best as I can work out, Dan and Ephraim are not listed here. And I'll tell you why. Because idolatry is not a characteristic of Christians. And I want to show you, by going through this table, that each of these tribes, they represent a characteristic of the Christian life, or of Christians. Now, normally, when the 12 tribes are listed, the firstborn is listed. Who was the firstborn of the 12 tribes? Who? No, he was the last. So... It was Reuben, wasn't it? Reuben was the first dude, but he's not... Well, let me tell you why I think Dan is the first list... Uh, sorry, not Dan. there. Why I think Judah is the first listed. Because Judah means praise. What is it? What? I'm just thinking, am I going to get this finished today before you all go to sleep? I want to just encourage you this. The most important characteristic of those of us who are Christians is praise of our Lord. That's the most important thing. You know, I don't know what you felt like the day you were saved. I could not help but praise the Lord. I can't help myself even now. When I get up in the morning, I can't help but praise the Lord. You know, I'll often get up in the morning and I walk down and, oh, la, la, I just praise God in tongues. I can't help it. I can't help it. I'll tell you what. If you can't help it, you're on the right track. If you struggle with it, can I just encourage you, let it go. Praise the Lord. It is the most significant characteristic of the Christian praising the Lord. You know, remember when Paul and Silas were held in chains in a, in a dungeon? They were probably getting their toes nibbled by rats at night and all kinds of things. What did they do? Didn't they praise the Lord? Didn't they praise the Lord? You know, we, you wonder why it is that so many churches have a period of praise and worship when they start their... Their service. Because we praise God. We praise God. And we can praise Him in so many different ways. You know, we can praise Him with our lips, with our voices. We can praise Him through our work. We can praise Him through our recreation. We can praise Him through our sport. It doesn't have to be singing with a band. You know, it's an attitude as much as it is a specific act. But perhaps the reason why the tribe of Reuben is listed first is praise. It also means that the name Reuben can also mean, a, oh sorry, uh, Reuben was the spiritual head of, uh, of Israel. Well, Jesus is our spiritual head but you know on earth we are also heads we're representing we're ambassadors of Jesus Christ on earth during this life we are his ambassadors remember I mentioned briefly last week that I went and listened to that expert uh, teaching on uh, on the book of on the book of Revelation and he said the second coming of Jesus Christ is the church the body of Christ we're the heads We're not the tails, no matter how society might look at us. And, of course, he went on to suggest that revelation is about the final coming of Jesus Christ. What about... So that's the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Reuben. Well, um, if you go back and have a look in uh, Genesis... uh, Genesis, 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 chapter 29, verse 31 through to 30 verse 22 you'll see there's the the history of the sons being born to to Jacob and uh, you know he was married to Leah and and Rachel and there was jealousy between the two and Rachel couldn't have children Leah had children and Rachel told Jacob to go and lie with one of her slaves so she could have children it was a pretty big mess the name Reuben means behold a son well, who is it that we behold? What son is it that we behold? Jesus, Jesus Christ! And we're coming into the Christmas season. I think Advent has just started, hasn't it? I'm pretty sure if you, we were an Anglican, uh, in an Anglican or Catholic church or, or some of the other denominations, we'd be changing the colors on the altar and the priests would have different colored robes on because we're entering the season of Advent, celebrating, remembering the birth of Jesus Christ. Behold a son! Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And of course, these 144,000, with the number of which John couldn't count, what are they doing? They're praising the Lord. That's evidence that his government has consumed everything. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Behold a son. That's the message we have, isn't it? Behold a son. The son who came to save the world. To take away the sin. To deal with suffering. And pain. And sickness. And poverty. All those things that the curses. He took upon himself as he hung on that cross. Behold a son gad gad actually means a troop well what are we we are in the army of god aren't we we're we're, we're his troop on earth we're his troop on earth all of us who make up the many many congregations in this city we're god's troop on the gold coast what do we do we take the gold coast for christ that's what we do notice we do it as a troop not as individuals. We can do nothing really as individuals. We're not made to operate as individuals. We're made to operate in community. And one of the communities that we belong to is the army of God. It's a troop. Typically, troops were, were a thousand. Not that that necessarily means a lot just now. Asher. Asher means happy. Well, guess what? we got the joy of the Lord, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah yeah, i got the joy deep, deep down inside. It's deep, really deep. You can't see it if you saw deep. (laughs) But we got it. We got it. We got it. And you know what? Nothing in this world can take it away. We're the only ones who can give away our joy. So gad means happy. It's a a Christian trait. It's one of our characteristics. It's one of the things that we're known by. The tribe of Naphtali, that means wrestling. Oh, David was just about to wrestle with me because I stood, I stood on the. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. I thought, ooh, he'll be up here wrestling me in a minute. Get me off his board there. Um, who doesn't wrestle as a Christian? Eh? Oh, man, I, I wrestle with happy, right? Man. I have to remind myself sometimes that I've got the joy of the Lord. It can be a wrestle. And, uh, you know, the whole world wrestles with us to tear us away from our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Manessa, causing me to forget. And by implication, it's causing me to forget pain. Isn't it a wonderful thing that God casts our sin as far away from us as the east is from the west? You actually can't get any further than that. He casts our sin into the depths of the oceans. Man, the ocean is deeper than the mountains are high. In our joy, we forget. Our pain. The greatest pain most people carry is actually the shame of sin. Even though most people can't put their finger on. The consequence of sin is shame. We saw that in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve felt shame and they hid themselves from God. That's what people are doing today. But when we come to Jesus Christ, he deals with our shame. It's gone. He forgets, we can forget. Tribe of Simeon, the the name means one who hears or, or the hearing one. Isn't that who we are? Don't we hear? We hear from God as a body sometimes, and I think that was what we experienced this morning, but also as individuals. If we will listen, God will speak. If we have ears to hear, God will speak to us. Levi, joined. It means joined or it means union. Well, remember that prayer that Jesus prayed in the book of John, that That prayer that we would be one, one with another, one with Him, and through Him, one with God. As Christians, we're joined together, we're joined to Christ, and through Him, we're joined to God. We have union. That's why the Bible talks of the body of Christ. Oh, sorry, the body of Christ christ not a bunch of christians the body of christ not a bunch of christians issachar reward or compensation well when we look forward and really these last few tribes uh, by and large there's a, a looking forward in in their in their names what are we looking forward to well, we're looking forward to being in that that number who are in heaven worshipping God. And uh, they won't just be worshipping in word, we'll be working as well, because in Isaiah we're told that in in that time, the swords will be turned into plowshares. So uh, some of us are going to be farmers, I reckon. But that's the story for another time. What's the matter, Andrew? There's lots we can talk about, man. We, We... we can run this church for another 177 years, I reckon. But Jesus will be back more well, than I hope. And I'll be pretty old when well, then too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah, I reckon I will. Zebulun, dwelling or habitation. So where are we going? Where are we going to dwell? Huh. We're going to dwell in the new Jerusalem. Ultimately, that's where we're going to be. Our habitation. And you see, what, what was it about? Uh, Jerusalem, the temple was there. And where was God? In the temple. So is God going to be in the new Jerusalem? Our dwelling place? Our habitation? Yes, the answer is yes. (coughs) How good is that? Well, he's here now, of course. But he'll be there in the new Jerusalem. Joseph. May he add another son. Remember, Joseph was actually the second last born. And Benjamin was the last. And uh, our prayer is that he would keep adding. You know, the, one of the strong, strong commitments of Pentecostal movements all around the world is salvation. Adding more. Right up, as it were, until that last moment, adding more. The Great Commission going to all the nations, make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May He add others to our number. The Holy Spirit woos people. I really do believe that. And when we pray for salvation for others, the Holy Spirit will bring them to the point of decision. Won't make their decision for them. And that's a bit sad in some ways. But do you know what? Humanity pays a big price for the freedom that God gave us. And some people will pay the price of hell of the freedom God gave them to accept or to reject Jesus Christ. But our prayer is that he will add. And Benjamin, the youngest, the youngest son of Jacob, his name was actually changed. His, his original name given to him by his mother was something like Benoam. And it meant son of my sorrow. But Jacob changed his name To son of my right hand. Now, where does Jesus, the son of God, sit? He sits at the right hand of the Father. Where do we sit? We sit right next door to Jesus. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we're seated with him in heavenly places. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and we're seated with him in heavenly places. So guess what? We're not sons and daughters of sorrow. We're sons and daughters of God's right hand that's our position now spiritually speaking so I just want to suggest to you that quite possibly we don't need to get ourselves all caught up and, and worried about whether these 12 tribes are a literal Israel whether there there's going to be 144,000 Christians Christian Jews in Israel at the time Jesus returns. I don't know that we have to get too um, focused on why it is that the tribe of Dan is not listed there. And I really don't understand why people haven't put as much effort into explaining why Ephraim isn't there. But look at it as a picture of the completed and perfected body of Christ at the time when Jesus returns. We're his bride, he's coming back for a bride, white and pure. And we're made white and we're made pure by the blood of Jesus. And we remember the blood of Jesus when we do communion week by week. The rest of the chapter is largely given over to a representation of the praise, of the worship that goes on in heaven. Another reason why I think we can be fairly confident that the 144,000 isn't literal and doesn't only apply uh, to the Jews is that after the, the tribes are listed, John goes straight on to say, after this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language. So he goes on to modify the picture of the 12 tribes. And it becomes very, very clear then that there's nothing exclusive about heaven except that we fit the characteristics which are represented by those 12 tribes. And if you haven't given your heart to Jesus, then you won't be able to praise our God. So it goes back to accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Well, I don't know about you, but I reckon it's just about time for a coffee because I think we might have all earned one. So, God bless you. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, We have gone a little bit over time. Even started like we have gone over time. and I I do apologize for that. But um, I, I really hope that you might have been encouraged by what I had to share today and perhaps look at the whole issue of the 144,000, they also appear a bit later on in Chapter 14 um, of, uh, of Revelation. And, and, and look at it perhaps with a different light, that these tribes are actually representative of, if you like, the characteristics, perhaps even our experience as, as Christians. God bless you. Let's go and enjoy some community.